Hey, what's going on, guys? Today we have Justin and Brian on today from Miami, Florida. Brian is a realtor and Justin is a mortgage broker, and together they formed a powerhouse duo team helping, helping the local community. And so we're going to focus on a few different things, but some of the knowledge they dropped was what is the most common skill that veterans actually have that transfer over to business? And then what are the key factors to qualify for the best mortgage possible? Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby, and this is the Military Cashflow Podcast, where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now, let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, guys? This is Dan Wynn. And Mike Glassby. And welcome to the Military Cash Flow. Hey, today we got some great guests. We got Brian and Justin on. They're down from Miami. Nice uh, Miami, Florida, nice and sunny. I guess a little bit of overcast right now. But uh, would you guys mind uh, introducing yourself, letting us know a little bit about you, what you do, and uh, obviously, you know, kind of your background? Start with Brian. Okay. <laughs> My name is uh, Brian C. Smith. I'm a realtor in Miami, Florida. Um, I served in the Navy for five years. Um, came from a little bit of a military family. And when I say that, my dad was out of the service long before I was born. But my dad's a 58 West Point grad who served uh, eight years in the Army. My brother is a 1986 Air Force Academy grad who served for, I think, roughly 32, 33 years in the Air Force. Uh, his last assignment, he was a wing commander in San Antonio, and so he had the pleasure of uh, leading about 3,000 airmen in a, in a wing with C-5s, and um, I, I spent five years as a surface warfare officer, attended college on an ROTC scholarship, and then after I got out of the military, um, I spent about 10 years helping companies uh, figure out how to hire military veterans. Um, I've placed roughly a thousand military veterans into careers as they left the service. So I'm, I'm really well acquainted, I think uniquely equipped to understand uh, both what it's like to be in the military, to transition the military, to try to find a job and now to figure out how to get financing and find a house. And uh, I'm a pretty, pretty numbers oriented guy. I've got an electrical engineering degree. Uh, I did go through Navy nuclear power school and I have an MBA. So, you know, with some, with some realtors, uh, you're going to get a person coming right out of high school who's going to work really hard and they're going to do their best to help you. Uh, with me, you're going to get something a little bit different. Got the life experiences to bring to the table, right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> all right. Justin. Hey guys, uh, I'm Justin Bush, and, and first, I really want to thank all you, um, our servicemen and women, uh, for for all you do. Um, not to mention also our local heroes, right? There's a lot of people that are service uh, oriented day in and day out. They've been boots on the ground types of people, whether they're in the hospitals um, through through everything that we've all had to go through the last several months. So hats off to all of you. Um, we take a 
very, very supportive approach when it comes to that. We're giving discounts on pre-appraisals, discounts on the way we, we approach our loans in general uh, from a mortgage lending standpoint. But I'm Justin Bush. I'm the market leader. Um, I cover really what is Central Florida through South Florida, but we are a 50-state mortgage lender. We're GSE direct lender. Uh, that means that we really package our loans. We sell directly to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, GMA. Um, and ultimately, I am from uh, Kentucky originally. I was born and raised in Lexington, uh, but I've been in South Florida now for about uh, 16 years, almost pushing 17 at this point. Uh, but uh, I am tasked with the day-to-day -day of, of ultimately making sure that we're not only um, helping you know, the general public consumer uh, make sure that we get the best rates, best service, best experience from a lending standpoint. We only do mortgage, residential mortgage lending. We don't do home loan. I mean, we don't do car loans. We do not do um, SBA loans. Our primary and only focus is residential lending. So one to four units for the purpose of either primary residence, second home, or an investment property. Um, and we really, really take an aggressive approach to how we support our veterans. Um, from our VA lending standpoint, uh, we are quite aggressive. We really don't have a single bit of overlay um, outside of maybe the credit box, which has kind of changed for everybody across the board over the last several months, um, where we were always kind of could go all the way down to 550 in many cases. Um, we're pretty much going to be closer to 580 right now, uh, on exception, but all day at 5, 580 at uh, 620. Uh, credit score. So there's a ton of opportunity that I don't believe that our servicemen and women really truly understand uh, when it comes to the benefits that you have as a veteran, whether it be from a credit box capability standpoint. So we can cover all that stuff and let's just hash it all out, guys. I really appreciate you having me. Excellent. Yeah, we're going to definitely dive into that. Definitely yeah. dive into that. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're good. Hey, Justin, what do you like better, uh, Kentucky or Miami? Ooh, well, yeah, I've been here for 16 years. <laughs> uh, I, I tell you what, Kentucky, Kentucky is one of the most beautiful places on the planet. I mean, you guys are in the in the South, and uh, but listen, man, I, I, you know, we might smell like a wet dog uh, about half the year down here in Miami because every the humidity and everybody's always sweating. But man, I tell you what, man, you can't beat our winters down here. So, man, I, I'm gonna have to flat out just say Miami. It is what it is. <laughs> my, but my why, hey, listen, me. Kentucky Wildcats don't die, though. You know what I mean? It is what it is. <laughs> good save, good save. Uh, so you guys covered a lot of stuff. And, and for, all the, for all the military veterans out there um, in the military cash flow audience, we did have a credit repair specialist on the episode prior to them guys that talked about the importance of this. But, I mean, if they're lending at 580, right, but 620 is that sweet spot, that, again, it goes back to the importance of credit, just not just beyond um, um, you know financial needs, but to to save a lot of money on these mortgages. So that's great stuff. Um, Brian, I wanted to kind of uh, come back to you when you said uh, you served your your time in the military. You were a surface warfare officer. You did all that submarine nuclear warfare. What was the transition point, mindset point for you to decide? Okay, I've done my time here. I'm ready to try something else. Uh, you know, helping veterans uh, get into these corporate positions. You know, I, I, I'd like to be able to say that from the time I was three years old, I always wanted to serve in the military and uh, have a 20-year career or a 30-year career or something like that. Uh, that wasn't me. That was my brother. My brother, from the time he was a little kid, pointed an airplane in the sky and said, I want to be a pilot. Yeah. And, you know, even today, he's a pilot, um, still flying post uh, his Air Force career. Uh, for me, I knew that I, I wanted to go to a certain school. Um, I knew that I couldn't throw a football. Um, 
I, I knew that uh, there were certain parameters in front of me and my parents said, we wish you the best and we think you're going to learn the most in life if you, um, if, you, if you go to a college and you figure out how to pay for it. So, you know, I had kind of, I had a strict focus to try to figure out how am I going to get school paid for? And so the military for me was the best option. And, you know, it's, it's not that I'm not patriotic or it's not that, you know, I, I didn't learn a, a heck of a lot from serving, but I'd, I'd be lying if I say it was a dream of mine to serve in the military. Okay. So, um, you know, I went, I went at it with the approach, I'm going to go in the Navy and I, I was a surface warfare officer. Whoa. Um, um, I, I went from the attitude, I'm, I'm going to go in, I'm, I'm going to give this my best. I'm going to see how I like it. I deployed uh, twice and I learned a ton. And, you know, at the time, I thought the guys that I was serving with in the wardrooms on the two ships that I was with were the biggest jerks I'd ever met in my life. And then when I got out of the military and I looked back on it, I go, those were the greatest guys and gals I've had in my life. Gotcha. So, you know, it's, it's really interesting. You know, you tell God you got a plan and you know what God does, you know, he just kind of, he just kind of reminds you, you know, you, you don't always know what's going on. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, make sure you go leave a five-star review on the podcast and then also go check out militarycashflow.com to get access to all the products we have. We have a bunch of great stuff on the website to include um, access to the Facebook group, access to a military cash flow calculator so you can analyze your deals. We have uh, courses, we have all of our social media. We just have a bunch of stuff on there, so go check that out and with that, Here's a word from our sponsors. Yeah, def yeah definitely. I love, um, I love that story. I mean, you said you didn't intentionally, you, that was never, that wasn't your, your sweet spot, but you still made it work and you still, um, ended up, ended up, you know, help, help that ended up helping your career basically. So oh, for sure. yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, that, that's what propelled me forward for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, helping companies hire military vets. And um, uh, I, I had a degree in electrical engineering in college. I didn't have a super high GPA in college. Uh, and I went at it from the standpoint, I'm going to get the most difficult degree I can. So it really challenges me. Hmm. And, and it did, you know, um, you know, and I struggled. I really struggled in college, but I, I made it through. I, I graduated. You know, it's, it's kind of like to tell you, if you go to med school and you graduate, what do they call you? They call you a doctor. Yep. You know, it's the same thing in the military. You know, if you go to school on ROTC scholarship, you graduate, you know, now you're called an officer. It's the same type, it's the same type of gig. So, um, you know, that, <laughs> so I, 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 I try to keep it humble because I got a lot of reasons to be humble. Yep. And you know, what's funny is it's um, just like you mentioned, there's not really many people that join the military because of that lifelong passion. A lot of times many service members join uh, because they want stability, because they want to get college paid for, because they want the benefits, because they want to travel. Not too many people nowadays, especially in this generation, have that sense of service. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But that's more common um, than not. Um, so, so Justin, you uh you didn't mention what did you do before mortgage industry so you know what did you do you came from kentucky wildcats 
And then all yes, of a sir. sudden you said, I'm going to Miami and I'm doing mortgages. <laughs> so, so, um, I, you know, listen, I was quite fortunate. I actually got to grow up in the same town. I grew up a mile away from, from the campus itself at the university of Kentucky in Lexington. And then, um, you know, which really was on like a quarter mile from the football stadium. Uh, you know, so w when it came to school, um, it was a really easy decision for me. Actually, at one point, I thought maybe I'm going to end up in Indiana doing something, but it just didn't make sense. I just didn't know how, like, I could bleed so blue and and not uh, and not, and not just stay at home. So by the time I had finished college um, with my finance and economics degree, I was a double uh, major in that regard. I was ready to to go. Um, Kentucky's a landlocked state. For me, I had really and I did. I wasn't one of those people that's fortunate enough. I, I grew up very you know, middle class, or if not lower mid. Um, and so for me, I was just quite fortunate to have my education and the opportunity presented itself for me to land in Miami. Actually, I started out in Broward County, which was like West Broward, out towards the Everglades, which is in Weston, um, in my first leg down here. Um, there's a town called Davie, Florida. Um, and I don't know if you've ever heard of Davie, Florida, but Davie, Florida, literally, they have horses in the streets. Uh, people ride their horses down the street. Um, they got a they have a rodeo in Davie. And so what was really funny, I'm like, I got it. I just left Kentucky. <laughs> and so yeah, I find myself, you know, in the streets, you know, with the horses and, and all this stuff. So I quickly went, made my way towards the beach. I was like, I didn't, I didn't move down here not to be by the beach. So I got to the beach and work my way down here. But I literally started in this business um, right out of college, about nine months. Um, and I have always maintained some sort of presence in the mortgage industry, but for seven years, I owned a title company and a real estate company. At one point, my real estate company had 300 real estate agents. Um, and then really, I, I missed being in the mortgage business. Um, so I went to Wells Fargo. I was there, I was at Wells Fargo for three years. I was at Citibank for a year. Then I kind of did more of a mom and pop shop, um, brokerage, correspondent lender uh, for three and a half years. And then when the opportunity presented itself to become part of Cardinal, uh, once I really dove into what the opportunity presented itself as a, as someone who could be um, a business and have the autonomy uh, that, that I want as an entrepreneur, as well as actually have the support of a company that feels like just as big as a bank, but without having that, rigid you know that rigid approach because they have to fall so much more compliance um from that standpoint you know the banks do because they're they do so many different types of products that's where we only do lending so our focus really because it is that has has really um set us off into a completely different trajectory our focus from a lending standpoint across the board is let's just do what we do best let's just stick to you know helping the average consumer um, and that average consumer can have not great credit, right? Um, I think you were just talking about the, the you know, those credit um, repair guys you guys have been working with and things like that. By all means, please introduce me because you cannot imagine the number of borrowers I come across, um, not only on a weekly basis, but sometimes it feels like daily. And they're just this far away. They're not that far. Um, and also, too, and I want to say to everyone out there, you know, sitting sitting back and not doing something about your future is, is only gonna guarantee you one thing. You're gonna get stuck. You're gonna be stuck exactly where you are today. But if you really just dive in, I know sometimes we, we wish we'd handled things differently maybe when we were younger and, and our credit came around or, or maybe you've, you've gone through something very traumatic 
that's caused, a, you know, some really downturn in your credit for a number of reasons. It could be divorces. It could be illnesses. Um, lots of different things. You could have lost someone. You could be the wife uh, of, a, of a veteran um, who has, who's, who's lost her spouse or her husband for that matter. And, you know, that's something that's, you know, like we're here to help a thousand different directions. Um, I personally really just take my position from not only as a lender, but as a person, like I, I just want to help, you know, consult at the end of the day, our consultative approach, my consultative approach is, is really ultimately what I believe really truly separates me from everyone else. Um, if I said that I didn't work three out of four Fridays at till 10 PM, I'd be lying because I do. For me, it's whatever time I can get in that time to really be able to work with people. Cause a lot of people, you know, whether they're, they work at the hospital, they're in the night shift or they can only get with me certain times. I'll make myself available anytime. Um, <laughs> it could be Saturday morning, 7am, you know? So I think that we have so much opportunity just as humans to, to really provide for people. Um, especially for those that are less fortunate or less educated. Um, let me give you the comfort. Let you give you the comfort. You guys are providing something that no one else is doing. For you guys to bring me on this call and be able to give an opportunity to tell people that they there's more opportunity out there than they really may know. Uh, for me, it's huge. And the fact that you guys put something like this together, phenomenal. And literally hats off to you guys because if everyone took the approach that you guys are taking um, to everything that you're doing, um, the world would certainly be a better place. And um, I, I think that we're all kind of learning a lot and we're all communicating a little bit differently after this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. I, I think that people are a little more patient and um, communicating a little better in a lot of ways, not always, but you know, hopefully more. And it, but I'm seeing a lot of people in a positive light considering that everyone was kind of put in an equal, equal playing field um, for the first time that we've ever experienced in our lives. Um, you know, so, uh, but either way, um, to answer your question is, is that this is what I've always done. This is really what I've always done. Um, you know, outside of bartending in college and selling phones for Verizon in college, you know, that really was, that, that was, those were my other jobs. Um, this is really what I've always done and I just love it. I've, I've really just dove into it. And for me, I love giving someone the opportunity to own a home or use their position to better themselves, whether it be because they have equity in their property and maybe they can start creating some passive income by buying investment properties, which is really a huge opportunity, I think, for the veteran themselves uh, because you can cash out as a veteran at a higher level than any other borrower on the planet. You know, so you're going to get a lot more flexibility when it comes to um, lending guidelines as a veteran. And also, too, we qualify you at a much, much, much higher debt-to-income ratio as a veteran. Yeah. So we'll go up. I mean, I've seen, I've seen them go to 75 DTIs. FHA maxes out at 56 and a half. Oh, you said 75% DTI? 75%. I've, I've approved 75% DTI. Now, for our listeners out there that are listening, what does that mean? What is the debt-to-income so, so debt ratio, for example, if... If your income was, let's just keep this a simple math standpoint. If your income is $2,000 a month, okay, and all of your housing expenses plus your credit card and your car payment were $1,000 a month, your debt to income ratio in this particular scenario would be $1,000. The only thing that we pull in from a debt to income ratio standpoint when we're using that, when we're calculating that figure 
is anything that's going to appear on your credit report plus child support or alimony, okay? Uh, and if you owe the IRS on a monthly basis. So that's really what drives the debt portion. So we do this on a, on a monthly on a monthly basis. What are all my debts accumulated? If they accumulate to $1,000 and you make $2,000 a month, your debt to income ratio would be 50%, okay? So FHA says we'll go to 56 and a half, 57 debt to income ratio. VA, I've approved actually beyond 75 in certain instances. So it's much, much higher. The conventional conforming loans are typically, typically going to be maxed out at 49%. Bidding on your credit score, they're going to quickly drop to 45 just through um, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac's automated systems right now. They're, they're a little tighter. And then if you start getting into what is considered like a jumbo loan space, so anything outside of whatever the conforming loan limit is in your area, um, most of the United States is 510,400 being the conforming loan limit. You will see anything outside of that space in many instances immediately drop to 43 or 38 or 35%, especially right now. Um, as everyone knows, we really went through uh, a substantial market crash in March um, through the through the COVID-19 situation. And in doing so, that really caused a lot of liquidity issues within the mortgage-backed security market. So what happened was is that everything in the private or portfolio lending spaces, which where you see kind of non-QM loans, uh, non-QM loans are things like bank statement loans, debt service loans, meaning the property is really qualified based on its income compared to the expenses associated with the property or uh, foreign national loans. That, that stuff all almost kind of blew up overnight. Literally in two days, all these pro these things dropped off the planet faster than we watched subprime go away in 2008. It was, nothing has ever happened as fast as this, as this occurred. So you'll see that the credit boxes have really kind of gotten much tighter kind of across the board, but we're also seeing them come back little by little. Um, and, but the one thing that really hasn't made, seen much change has been the VA loan. Um, one of the biggest changes that occurred for the VA loan was in um, January of 2019. Yes. Where no now you'll, yeah, exactly. So now you'll see that, you know, we at Cardinal Financial will go to $2 million on a VA loan at 90% LTV. We will go to $1 million on 100% LTV. So I think probably um, your next question is gonna be, well, what's LTV? So that's our loan to value. We're talking about there. That's our loan to value. So we'll use a very simple approach to that same thing. So if you have a $750,000 loan and a $1 million purchase price or appraised value, if it was refinanced, then we would have what is a 75% loan to value or LTV. Well, there is no other loan program on the planet except for that, for the, that for the, which is designed for the veteran that allows you to flat out do a 100% loan for 100%. Me, you're only out of pocket the cost to close, whatever the closing costs are. And, and if you got it. a yeah, if you got a good realtor, that realtor is going to negotiate some of them seller pay. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so, that's exactly right. 
Because I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, a million dollars, well, two million dollars in Miami. What did that get you? Like a like a cabin or something? Like a little one bath, one bath? Like, and we listen. Cabins get blown over down here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you get a lot for a million bucks down here right now. Yeah, your uh, your average that. price on Miami Beach, you know, million dollars. The trick is you come right over from the beach to an area like Edgewater, mm -hmm. and as far as I see it, you got better views and you might spend half that. So, you know, it's, it's just uh, making sure you understand the real estate. You know, so I, that, that's just important because, oh, go ahead, Dan, what you got? No, no, go ahead. Cause I got another follow-up question. Good. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, all, all this, all this knowledge is being dropped about, um, I mean, some of this stuff is beautiful, right? And understanding your, your debt to income ratio and really what that means and what you qualify for. That's all on the lending side, credit, credibility, ability to borrow and all that good stuff. But just like Brian said, hey, what is it that you really want? Because what if there's another location, literally a couple miles away, better views, better, you know, whatever, better amenities, and you can get it for half the price, right? And that's why it's so important to have some, these two counterparts as part of your real estate team. And that's why these guys are, are crushing it out there in Miami. And that's a perfect segue into what my question was, because, you, you know, uh, Justin's talking about the lending, Brian's talking about the, the knowledge of the actual location and how, you know, how you can get the best bang for your buck, right? So we talk a lot about teams, we talk a lot about partnerships and how you can go much further with a team than you could buy by yourself. That's, you know, how me and Mike linked up. That's why we created this platform, right? So how did you guys meet to become the best real estate team in Miami? <laughs> uh, yeah, Brian, you'll take right, that one. Right, Brian. <laughs> Brian's like, I got it. Okay. I got this. So, well, my, my daughter is, is seven years old now. Okay. And I tell you what, I do a lot of work to try to market. I mean, I, I thought, I thought I was a professional marketer. I, I market as hard as I can. Um, and at the end of the day, I meet, I meet great people because my daughter, People gravitate to this young lady. <laughs> She's a better marketer. Let's be honest. <laughs> She's the best market. She's the best marketing tool you've got. <laughs> so my my daughter and I were were hitting some golf balls on the driving range, okay, and um, you know Justin's on the driving range hitting golf balls, and I'm I'm really really um, hard on mortgage people. Uh, you know I'm 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 a bear. I actually yeah, you're in the business for a while. Between, between getting out of the military and then helping about a thousand veterans get jobs, I worked for accredited home lenders. I was in a management trainee program they had. And I, I underwrote about a thousand loans when I worked there and then I was a wholesale AE. So I was the person walking, to a, walking into a loan officer shop, looking at the income equity credit, figuring out what the rate would be and when we could have docs ready. So I would basically do a field underwrite, tell them, you know, hey, this is what it's gonna look like and then we'd go from there. Um, but, uh, until I met Justin, I had not met a single mortgage person in Miami that could give me straight answers. And it really drove me nuts. And I was on the, on the driving range with my daughter and, and he came over and was super friendly and started talking to my daughter. And I, you know, I, I came over and started talking to him and, and I said, what do you do? And he said, you know, he told me he does mortgages. I said, okay, I'm a realtor, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so Brian, Brian comes over. He's like, "Hey, man, he's like, you should probably take your keys and put them in your left pocket because this is not working out for you, dude." <laughs> he's that that thing is not flying straight enough. I think we got we got to shift something around here. So, hey, so 
Yeah, go ahead. No, keep going, Brian. Go ahead. Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I asked him a couple questions, and I was pretty shocked because uh, most people, when you ask them any, any sort of questions about guidelines, they, they just kind of tap dance and say, yeah. send me the loan file, and they don't know their guidelines. And, and Justin knew his guidelines. I mean, it was amazing. I was like, okay. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly a nerd. I'm a mortgage nerd. Honest. And the thing is, nothing drives me. And I'm only a mortgage nerd because I know where to find the answer. I don't yeah. always know the answer. I'm like, let me let me double check because the guidelines. I mean, listen, we there's a billion guidelines. Let's be honest. I mean, from product to product, type to type, credit score, credit score, and reality is is that we're always being driven by whatever the. Mm -hmm. You're only as good as the information you give the system or anything else for that matter, right? Um, and. And, and, and I would say the same about Brian. Um, I have introduced Brian to realtors who want to work with the person who really knows this market. Because in, in specifically where we are here in Edgewater, Miami, there's a huge opportunity. Uh, we have a substantial number of condos um, where there are lots of second home investment opportunities as well as primary resident opportunities where they fall into the conforming loan limits. Uh, Miami is not a place where you have to have a million bucks. You have to buy a million dollar property to buy a two bedroom condo. It's just not the way it is. Uh, Brian could shed some more light on it, but I would say that quite quite different right in this Edgewater area, right? In this little block, um, I believe that, and Brian, I'll let you talk the real estate numbers, but there is a huge opportunity to be able to one, invest here, especially as the, our condo market's a little soft right now, uh, as well as, it's not as expensive as many people think and everything is fairly new. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of people call Miami, you know, little Havana or, you know, little Cuba, but I think five years from now, we're all going to call it little New York. Oh, wow. People, people up in New York city. I mean, you know, you talk to other people and you say, Hey, um, what do you think of a, you know, a two bedroom condo for, you know, five hundred thousand to eight hundred thousand dollars that has panoramic, uh, you know, bay and ocean views, and people coming from other areas, you know, Orlando or Jacksonville or Texas, you know, they just kind of bat their eyes and go, you know, I can I can buy like a five thousand, you know, square foot home with like two acres and you know horses in the back and stuff like that. They don't get too excited. You talk to somebody from New York and they they see the view and and they're buying a plane ticket the next day. You know, so if, if we got any way to reach out to, um, you know, vets that are up in uh, New York City that are going through this COVID thing and scratching their head and saying, why am I living in New York City? Uh, Miami, baby. Well, and, and let's also talk about a couple of things that, are, that even prior to the COVID-19 in those really areas that are fairly, you know, compact, people on top of each other. I mean, New York really got hit the hardest for obvious reasons, right? They the um the number of people per area is substantially different than even a city as big as miami is miami is quite spread out and it is not nearly as populated as new york by any stretch of the imagination even when you get down to areas like brickle or you're here in edgewater where we have more condo than we have single family residences uh, we don't have um, state income tax in florida so it's extremely expensive to be a New Yorker. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, or in there are other states, obviously California being one of those. Um, I'd be lying if I said I could name off all, all off the top of my head, but New York 
being probably one of the most expensive. Um, people have been looking to move to South Florida for a long time. Um, so one of the top, top um, recommended spots for a lot of the, you can call them financial gurus, if you will, but a lot of the successful business owners recommend those, those no to low uh, state tax states, right? Florida, Texas, Absolutely. South Carolina. Uh, yeah, you name it. I mean, that's a very common spot. There's two things I wanted to touch on that you got before we get too far on that I want to kind of go back on. Uh, uh, Justin, you alluded to the point where, you know, people, basically everybody gets education, right? I don't care if you're a realtor, you're a broker. I don't care if you're an army officer. A lot of people are told what to know. They're given that book status. It's only those people who do a little bit more, right? Who, who read a little bit more on the side, who study more that really get deemed to be those subject matter experts. Those are the people that you want to seek after when you're looking for investment properties, when you're looking for, hey, how do I work around these mortgages? Or I'm looking, hey, what area do I need to live in to really get what I want? That's why these two guys right here are doing everything that, you know, that they're doing now is because they, they do a little more. They do more, right? They don't just let the guidelines guide them. And then for all those people that are ready to go to Edgewater and buy a condo, I might be contacting y'all for an investment <laughs> property. Guys, that's something else is lifestyle investing, right? Who cares if you live in North Carolina? Who cares if you live in Kentucky, right? But maybe you want a vacation rental where now when you travel down to Miami, it's a tax write-off because you're visiting your property, right? So in a situation like this, guys, if you guys are interested in Miami for any of those reasons, hit these guys up. But I got to ask you one question, Brian. I wanted to ask this a while back. You, you've helped thousands of veterans, thousands of veterans transition into businesses. In your experience, have you seen one commonality that has made veterans successful in their business ventures? So I'm, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to say four things. Okay. okay. And I'm going to call it energy, character, and the uh, three things, energy, character, and the capacity to learn. Okay. When, when I would help companies hire military vets, uh, we, we would help, we would help the companies understand that they're making a mistake when all they look at is experience because experience is just one recipe. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, nobody went in the military with ex experience, you know, shooting a tank, you know, nobody went into the military with experience flying a plane or driving a submarine. Nobody had experience when they went in the military leading a thousand people. Okay but we all figured it out. We all came together. We all bonded. We all succeeded. So, you know, the trick is look at the energy, the character of that person and the capacity to learn and experience isn't so important. I love that. Excellent. I love that. Well, we have said, well said. Yeah. I had a Don't question for, uh, for Justin kind of, um, you mentioned in the very beginning, you talked about a lot of advantages that veterans don't know about those loan products that you offer. And with you knowing the guidelines uh, as much as you do, what are some of the common things that you, that you mainly see from veterans that, that, that they just don't know um, that, could, you know, that could definitely help them out? So um, I think one of the biggest ones was a transaction that I kind of went through recently where I had an individual who was leaving uh, Colorado He'd actually was already on, I believe, I think I did his third VA loan. Um, so he had, so you don't only get one VA loan, you can continue to get more VA loans. You can't have more than one active VA loan, meaning presently 
only like a, a loan, one mortgage. You only have one at a time. But this was the first time, and I'll be honest, that I had been in experience where he had to take one loan, one VA loan, and move it off so that I could do his current loan. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I know our government. There's no way we're moving that fast to get this thing, to make this easy. And I was absolutely dumbfounded. The VA has stepped up so much over the last few years, especially when it comes to the lending side of things, to where they release the certificate of eligibility or reestablish eligibility, releasing one loan so that we could do our loan in a matter of two days from the time in which the loan was paid off. I was absolutely ecstatic. I thought no way in heck this was going to happen that fast. Um, so one of the things a lot of people don't know is you can have more than one. One of the other things we already covered, which is you get a heck of a lot more loan than most people can, assuming that you could qualify, even if that debt-to-income ratio is a little outside of what's the average you know, credit um, credit box or consumer box. Uh, also, too, you can buy a multi-unit property, meaning multi-unit be up to four units. Okay, so we can't really go five plus. That really turns into commercial at that point. But you can do a one-to-four unit. If you happen to have ever shown on your tax return in the last two years that you received any sort of rental income on any other property, you can actually go, you can actually use the income from the property on a one to four unit as long as you occupy one of those units within 60 days of your purchase. You can use the income from the other three units to qualify you for the loan. Now, it's typically used to offset the debt yes. of the loan itself. So we can't really carry that, call it income. So if it's above and beyond what the expenses of the property are, which is rare anyway, uh, very rarely would you see going into a, a new property where you would, a forward unit where you'd see a cap rate of 20%, right? So uh, let's just say that it's more than sufficient in offsetting expenses related to the property itself especially if they're already with a lease um you know and things of that nature and because you can do such a large loan amount right now there's a huge opportunity for veterans to buy these types of properties live in them basically rent free or or, or debt free in that property huge opportunity and so if you if you if i was to recommend someone who really you have a reasonable income or you got your credits okay, whatever it is. Buy a small property now. Do it with a conventional loan. Set yourself up to buy another property in one year. Once you have those tax returns filed for this property, showing that income on that property, we'll immediately let you immediately let you use that income on the purchase for the VA loan on, on a multi on that four unit property or two unit or three unit to offset using the income from the other units to offset your overall expenses associated with the property. So just showing that you have rental income on your tax return is enough to get you there. So come up with the plan like anything else. And I know that, um, you know, our, our military guys, like you guys are, I mean, you guys are really good at execution. You set your mind to something, it's done. Take that approach to your financial freedom. In the same aspect really this is a huge opportunity 
Uh, one of the other things that people don't know is that you can get a 90% cash out on your property as a veteran. You can't get 90% LTV on any other loan as a consumer in the United States. You can get 90% as a VA, as a veteran. Do you, do you have to use your VA certificate of eligibility for that? Does that? Yeah, that yeah yes, place? yes. It, yep, it would, it would be a VA loan. So okay, you don't okay. have to have a VA loan now. Correct. Yeah. But you can, you can either one, either refinance your current VA. Right. Or you can take a new VA loan and get 90% cash out. So now imagine you have a property, you've owned it for 10 years, you got $200,000 worth of equity in it. You want to utilize that equity to make some additional investments. Maybe you want to start a new business. Maybe you want to buy some property with Brian. Maybe you want to, you know, buy a cabin in the Carolinas, whatever it is, <laughs> you have that opportunity. And because you're a vet, you are given more opportunity and more leverage than any other consumer in the United States. So that is one of the biggest things that people really don't truly understand that they have the capability of doing. And I, I'm going to add something to that. Um, you know, if, if you think about businesses and, and how, they, how they grow and how they uh, accumulate their valuation, you know, what, what, what private equity does is basically levers up, you know, goes and, goes and levers that, leverages that, that same type of model to get that, that company big and get the cash flows pumping through. So, you know, what Justin's saying is absolutely true. It's the same tool that, that businesses use. Um, you just have to be very, very, very careful because with leverage, um, you know, more risk comes along. So you've got more responsibility. You know, now you've gone from shooting a BB gun to uh, shooting a machine gun. So, you know, you can, you can cause a lot more damage. You, you can get yourself in a lot more trouble. But you can also do a lot more with it if you know what you're doing. So, yeah. You know, so make sure you understand leverage really well. And that's, that's why, uh, you know, when we're showing, um, you know, houses on Fisher Island or South Beach and these places are going for, or even North Beach, there was recently a sale for $30 million. Um, the vast majority of people buying those properties, they're, they're hedge fund managers. There's a reason for that, you know, so keep that in mind. Yeah, that's a key word. Um, I think, uh, Justin, you said it and Brian pretty much said uh, the same thing, making sure you have that game plan right to utilize these loan products the best way possible, the most advantageous to you, right? So don't don't go in and over leverage yourself on a single family home that you intend to live in thinking you're going to turn into an investment property and it doesn't cash flow, right? Or your return on investment, your ROI is not right. So you have to actually do that due diligence and make sure that, hey, this is going to cash flow when you leave or, um, you know, come up with your game plan, your strategy prior to buying the house. So don't think just because, hey, you got, you know, 100%, you got no loan cap, let me go buy a $2 million property and, you know, and I'm going to be good, I'm going to be well off because, you know, you got you to think through those stuff, you got to strategize, let's do this smart. Uh, and we, we teach that in our courses. And then we also we talk a lot about that on the podcast and, um, and in the YouTube channel as well. So definitely, uh, th those are great points, you know, you can use a VA loan more than once, you can, uh, there's no loan cap, there is uh, what were a few of the other things 
Um, you can use up to a four unit property. You know, those are, those are three common things that I see as well that uh, veterans typically don't know about. So good stuff. And so, and one of the things I think that we really do want to cover right now, I ran a report um, for the entire state of Florida two days ago, which basically was, I wanted to know how many people had, there were vets that had interest rates above 4.25 and the loan was originated since 2017, January. Okay. A lot. That same loan right now is closer to, 3%, if not under three. So take, take that into consideration for those of you that recently purchased your property. You know, you may only be in it two, two and a half years. If it's a $400,000 property or $400,000 loan you have right now, you're going to save over 200 bucks, if not 300, depending on where your loan, where your rate is today, just by doing a VA Earl. Okay. So the VA interest rate reduction refinance loan. So I R R R L V A Earl, um, literally no income, no credit. We don't care. Literally, we're just going to give you a new loan. So what, what advantage, what advantage does that give a service member? Well, so imagine if you're that service member who maybe, you know, Maybe you missed a couple car payments. Something happened. Went through something. Um, we're not even going. We don't even care what your credit box looks like. We don't care about your credit as long as your mortgage has been paid on time, or you haven't had more than one late in the last twelve months on your mortgage. We'll just give you a lower rate and lower payment. I'll give you a brand new loan. I'm I'm an advocate for that BIRL. So I actually personally used it not too long ago, and and one of my partners did as well. We, uh, the beautiful thing about it was, I think we've got it reduced by maybe three quarters of a point. Wasn't crazy, but I'm saving now a little over $150 a month on the mortgage. But since it's a brand new loan, just like a regular loan origination, that next payment wasn't, I didn't have to pay it, right? You have that 130 day delay and then you make your next payment. So I essentially got one month free income at a reduced mortgage of $150 on a triplex, right? So it's super, it's super beneficial. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for it. Again, make sure you have a plan for it and make sure that you understand that it is a brand new loan, right? So your term starts over, but nonetheless, I mean, if it makes sense, it definitely uh, makes sense. Yeah. I mean, especially for those people that have only been in a loan for a year or a two year, years, exactly, exactly. like the, the recast doesn't actually have any impact because you're going to recover so much quickly, so much more quicker than, um, for someone who's been in the loan maybe for 10 years. I wouldn't probably honestly recommend someone who is 10 or 15 years into their VA loan of doing a VA Earl or any other refinance for that matter, unless they're looking to some sort of, looking to find some sort of liquidation effect. I mean, they want to get cash out of that property. And the reason is, is because I don't know if anyone's paid much attention to what an amortization schedule looks like, but an amortization schedule it really is leveraged to us as lenders. Let's be honest, right? You're paying all the interest up front and you're going to get all the principal paid on the back. So you start paying, you know, if your payment's a hundred dollars, you start out paying $99 to interest and $1 to principal. Yep. It's not exactly that aggressive, but it, it ain't, it ain't that far off. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well be. I mean, I mean, it feels like that. Right. So, 
you know, if you're the deeper you get into your loan, the refinances don't really make much sense anymore, unless there is a business purpose approach. Right. I don't care if like, maybe you want to invest in another property. Maybe you want to renovate your property. Maybe you want to, you know, kick your daughter out of the house and get her married. I don't know what it is, but you know, there may be a lot of reasons why you'd want to take cash out of the property. That's not going to be done through a BA Earl though. That would just be a regular BA refi or, or refinance in general. Um, but outside that, you know, there's a huge opportunity for so many. And, and Oh, so I did the search. I didn't give you the number. There were, there were 12,000 loans in a three county area with those parameters, meaning four and a quarter and higher, they were originating in the last three years. I was dumbfounded. I was like, I can't believe the VA loans were that expensive back then, you know, 17, 18. Right now, because I think that you're going to get the same same loan on an Earl right now, closer to 2.875 on a 30-year. That's crazy. That's great. And uh, what it's that's today though. Listen, this might not air for a few for a couple months. So right, right, you know. right, right. <laughs> But call me anyway. Let's take a look. <laughs> it's so funny to me because um and I wasn't investing during this period, but I mean many of my mentors, um, they're talking about loans uh rates that were eight percent, you know, that were and they were like happy. They were like, Oh, it's eight. And nowadays when somebody gets told it's four and a half, they're like, Oh. That's high. I'm like, all right, guys, let's calm it down. Let's count our blessings. That, oh my <laughs> gosh, it is the craziest thing right now. But people are such, they're just, they're like rate crazy. They're like, oh my god, I'm like, what rate can I get? I'm like, can you let's talk about your payment? Can you afford your right, payment? Let's talk about first? the payment. Let's talk. Let's, about let, let's see whether or not you can afford this. Right. Like, what what's your goal? Your goal should not be a rate. Your goal should be something else. Don't be wrong. Thank goodness for great rates right now. But there ain't no way it's gonna hold on. Um, it, it's just it's a it's, let's just call it, it's a zero profit business from an investment standpoint when it comes to the liquidity market, which drives mortgage interest rates. Right now, our government is dumping money into the mortgage-backed securities so that we can have low rates to keep our economy moving after what has become a global pandemic. Okay, that's really what's gone on. So take advantage now, because it ain't going to be here in six months. Yep. And if it is continues to be here, regardless, you know, we're, we're going to see a lot of things that are going to occur. We're, I think we're going to see a lot of tax changes occur over the next several years. Inflation could definitely be something we're going to have to keep an eye on. Take advantage of now. We don't know where we're going to be in, in six months or six years for that matter uh, when it comes to how our monthly expenses feel, Shame. right? It, have, have those things really, really feel. Um, so the, the rates right now are definitely in a point where They've been, they're lower now. I, I really didn't even think that I would have said this two weeks ago. How could they keep going lower and they're lower now today than they were two weeks ago. And today is, is uh, June 20th. They were, they were, you know, producing this. It, it's crazy to me that this continues to be an opportunity for people to save money, take advantage now. It really, like if you're waiting on them to keep going lower, Probably shouldn't wait too much longer. <laughs> so, so while we got you on, Josh, I remember, uh, I know Brian wanted to ask a few questions about land and opportunity zones, which I think are extremely interesting myself. But Brian, what was the specific uh, question that you wanted to, uh, to address? Yeah, so on land, um, you know, I, I, like, I like to take, take every now and then to drive out and look at different type of opportunities than, than the, you know, the, the focus area that I'm in. So 
Last weekend, I drove down to an area called uh, the Redlands and, and Homestead, which if you're not familiar with uh, South Florida, you know, it's, it's basically farm country, uh, you know, with, within kind of a 45 minute to hour reach drive kind of down south and a little bit uh, to the west. Yeah, right, right, right for you down towards the Keys. Sorry, it's right for you in right into getting to the, to the Keys there. Yeah, and uh, I I saw you know I saw one property that was 20 acres for 1.8 million. Uh, I saw another property that was um, uh, 10 acres for six million with like 11,000 square foot. Uh, you know Italian, uh, you know Tuscan Italian villa on it. I mean the place was amazing. Uh, I saw another property that was six hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars for seven acres, had seven hundred trees on it, and so, you know, Justin, could you kind of broach the topic a little bit? And I don't know if we want to call it land or just call it like. No, I mean the reality is, is it's just a it's just a big piece of property. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to treat that any different than we would, you know, a you know standard block size house you know, two bedroom, two bath, three bedroom, four bedroom, whatever you want to call it. It's really the same thing for us from a lending standpoint. What about when you um, add, what about when you add construction on top of that? Cause I've had several service members asking me about the construction loan, uh, those type of loan products that you can purchase a large piece of land and then, and then build a house on it. Okay. If so VA loan if you, if you can speak on the VA loan reconstruct our construction loan, that would be, but go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Like I, honestly, that is not something that, that is done well by very many people. All right. Yeah. Like if, <laughs> if the reality is, is that if you got someone that does that, I want to work with that person because okay. there's an opportunity. I think that's, I, I love that concept. Uh, also too, what, what VA does not do well is condo. Okay. VA condo is not easy. Like there are very few VA approved condos. Uh, You literally just Google VA approved condos, choose your area, choose a state. It's very, very simple search. Um, Make sure that you're actually pulling it through the VA portal Mm -hmm. itself. Be careful with some of those other websites that feel like it's the VA, but it's not. There's a lot of, a lot of things out there. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the information isn't correct. Just make sure it's, it is correct. Yeah. Accurate, right. So, um, but condo is not done well by VA. Um, construction is not something anyone in lending likes to do um, when it comes to a direct consumer type of loan. Meaning, are you going to use this for personal use? Um, I, I, I really wish that this product was more prevalent. So, any of our audience that's out there, if you know this stuff that's out there that, that maybe I'm not aware of, Listen, I, I got a gazillion people, Brian, I'm sure you guys, Michael, um, have other many people that you'd be able to to introduce uh, those individuals. But the construction loan is more difficult now, especially since this whole pandemic situation has occurred. Um, we watched a lot of loan products disappear, specifically everything related to construction really, really, really tightened up quickly. Yeah, they, um, they got rid of the VA renovation loans. For right now, they've uh, put them on pause until I want to say April 2021. Um, so, and, and they're looking to, they're trying to figure out when they're going to bring those back. The reason is because you have to have a, um, a real estate professional on site to verify what's being built. Uh, you have to obviously have a crew there. And obviously those, you know, that, that proximity that they want everybody to stay six feet away from each other. Um, it kind of 
it's kind of rough to do that. So trying to keep people away from each other and not um, not have large groups of people on one site. Uh, that's one of the reasons why why they've um, they've halted that loan product or those loan products for right now. Yeah, and and, and back to uh, on that. Before I forget, I don't want to not answer Brian's question. When it comes to land, land in general is not a easy to find loan product. Um, people want to see improved property when they're investing. I mean, giving a loan in that property. So land loans are not common um, unless someone really has a very, has a niche and a specific approach to that lending. Um, so it, same thing. I have people ask me about land loans all the time. Florida is a heck of a lot bigger than people can imagine. Uh, we have a lot of land available and there's a lot of space for development. We have 900 people a day that move to South Florida. Is that what it is? Yeah. 900 people and they move to Florida, 900 to Florida per day, 450 of which are coming to South Florida. That's so that means that there's a lot of the state that really is going to need to be developed. That's, that's kind of what I was getting at. Like I saw this one piece of land. I'm like, wow, 20 acres for one, eight point, 1. 1.8 million. Like, and if you're a vet, you could go into that. I mean, with us, a Cardinal at 10% down. Right. I mean, and then you got, you got 20 acres and you could probably figure out a way to do a lot with that, you know? Yeah. So you got to think like any other consumer is going to come up with 20 or 25%. So for that same amount of money that the other consumer would be using, you can actually use it as your development money. You know, you can get you off the ground mm -hmm. um, for as far as, you know, for building a, you know, your zoning set up, all that stuff. It's a huge opportunity. Michael, Michael, you're, you're smiling. Did you want to buy it? Yeah, I'm thinking about it. That's why I was laughing. No, because I mean, looking for opportunities to, to, it doesn't matter where it at. I don't care what market it is. Um, understanding that we can leverage certain skill sets like what you two have there. And I would feel very confident in, um, you know, working with you two to, to make a purchase. I'm not saying I'm doing it. Let me, let's make clear. I'm on record now. Right? I'll, call you, I'll call you back at this side. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, this is the type of the, the teams that you need on the ground that can help you identify opportunities like that, because you're exactly right, Brian. I mean, you get 20 acres in a rapidly developing area where you can then subdivide. And now all of a sudden you can charge a premium per lot if you wanted to. You can create a subdivision if you wanted to. There's so many different strategies, exit strategies, and ways to turn that, that small piece of blank slate into a, into a masterpiece, right? We can act like Picasso when you have the right team uh, around you on the ground. So that's an excellent uh, point. Uh, another question I, I wanted to ask Justin is, uh, can you talk about the the different programs out there that have drive-by appraisals? Um, so about 60% of every one of our transactions that we're doing right now are getting appraisal waivers, actually. Okay. Not just the, not only just the, not only is it a drive-by opportunity in so many cases, we're actually getting more waivers than we are seeing drive-bys. So we, we get more waivers and then we ultimately end up only having to um, visit properties in certain instances where that loan to value is above 80%. Um, if it is a purchase, for example, on a primary residence or second home, when it's a refinance, um, up to 70%, we're getting appraisal waivers on a cash out. 
80 or 90% on a rate term refinance. So for those that don't want someone in their property or also too, what if you started a project and you tore down a couple walls in your house? It's not really going to meet your appraisal. Your appraisal requirements aren't going to get met. You're going to have a, instead of an as is appraisal, meaning you're good to go as is good to go. You're going to have subject to appraisal. You got to finish the bathroom, put your toilet back in, put the shower in. You got to do all this stuff before we can give you your loan. If you're in a situation like that and you really just want to drop your rate, it doesn't mean that you can't continue to proceed with an opportunity maybe for a refinance because again, 70% of all of our transactions, 70% of all of our refis are getting appraisal waiver. 60% of all of our purchases are getting a waiver as long as they have 20% down. That's a big number to not even have to have a, a appraiser step foot on a property right now. That's huge. So it really allows us to move quickly through a transaction. I want to throw one thing, other thing out there, and I'm curious, you know, to the to the folks uh, a little bit north of us, have you guys ever heard of Curbio? Mm -mm. No. no. Okay. Uh, so I, I work with Berkshire Halfway Home Services, and we we have become a, uh, a Curbio affiliate or partner. There's other, you know, real estate brokerages across the company country working with Curbio as well. And I, I had to call Curbio the day because I saw something that they put out that I thought there's no way this can be right because it's just too good of a deal. And they said, yeah, we're doing this. Uh, what Curbio will do, and, and where I'm kind of tying this into the conversation of you know people talking about different strategies that you buy one home, then you turn around a year later, you sell it and you go get another home that's maybe now getting into two, three, or four units or something like that. With Curbio, you can go out and, you know, in theory, you could get a place that needed to be heavily renovated, okay? You could buy that property, and then if you're trying to figure out how to pay for the renovation, Curbio will pay for and do the renovation and Curbio will get paid when you close and sell that property. Wow, is that a national? Is that a national? That's a yeah, that's a national product, and it's, it's kind of set up like a um, you know think about like a lot of these tech companies, you know, like Uber. Everything's done through an app and a phone, and somebody in a call center somewhere. What Curbio has done is they have brought project managers and construction superintendents construction people on their staff and they pay them as hourly employees. Mm. So now those people that were worried about where's my next job coming from know that they've got a steady, you know, uh, flow of work coming to them. Okay. In exchange for it, Curbio is getting really good pricing on the labor. Okay. They're also buying the material in mass and you know, I don't know what's like in other parts of the country, but I know in Miami, the, the golden rule is you make your walls white, you make your tile white, you make everything white, and now all of a sudden it's worth $20,000 more, okay? So, <laughs> what, what, yeah, I mean, every, every, everybody in Miami wants to work with uh, the high ceilings, you know, like that's just, that's the style that they want in their homes. So, what Curbio's done is they have on staff, you know, people that know, for your neighborhood, where your area is, what look you need to get it to sold. It's highly focused on millennial buyers and knowing what their tastes are. Um, you know, so what Curbio 
basically has rolled out is, is the ability to renovate a property. Okay. They're going to pay for the renovation. When you go to sell it. So, so do you have to list the property? You got to list the so, property. So, so they got to come to you, list yeah. the property, but you're going to basically invest in it. Right. Meaning through Curbio. So, so basic, basically Curbio is going to spend the money. Right. So they're going to do your flip for it. you. Right. Basically, if you, if you want, if, if you want to buy a house and then literally flip it, I'm just going to get Curbio and they're literally going to take care of everything. Now this, yeah. And the skin in the game is the skin in the game is the seller is contractually obligated to sell it. Yeah. I mean, that works. Per that, that seems like that's perfect for a flipper, right? Yeah. Especially if you, if you have the cash skin, because right now everybody knows those fix and flip loan products have become quite tight. There's not yeah. as much of it out there. They want to see more skin in the game. That's a, you know, for an investor that's out there, some opportunity in this. This is now, cool. Now, yeah. the part of it, the part of it, I haven't even gotten to the part that I thought was questionable. <laughs> the, <part laughs> the, 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 the butt, the butt, here it comes. The part of it that threw me off, and I was like, there's no way this can be true. And they called me and they said it is, is they are taking the risk now. So if you go to close, okay, and you're coming out on the, 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 the bad end of the bad end of the equation, they're going to take the hit. I mean, you can't like who sets the market price for that situation. It would have, it would have to be the agent. It would have to be. So, so what happens is, is they bring, they bring the realtor and they say, Hey, if we're sitting at this point on the property as is, let's say it's $300,000. And you, as a realtor, say, well, there's comps out there supporting that if you do this, this, and this, you can sell it for $400,000. Okay. You list it for, let's say, three ninety, dollars so that, you know, you're, you're ten grand below the market. You know you can sell quickly and get it sold because ultimately they want to sell the property. You know, they don't want to sit on the market too long. Now, the other part of it that goes into it is contractually, um, Curbio lowers your sale price over a period of time that they agree to with the seller. So it might be 30 days, it might be 60 days, it might be $10,000 every 30 days, or it may be a percentage. But if by going through that, if and, and, and Kirby is gonna analyze these deals and make sure that they've got a pretty good level of comfort that they're not gonna come out on the short end of the stick, but if they commit to it, and at the end of the day, Curbio can't cover what they paid to do your renovation. They're the loser and you're the winner. And that's the part that blew me away. So, yeah. I mean, like anything that's out there, I'd, I'd, I'd encourage people to do your due diligence on it. But I was shocked when I saw them put this into marketing material and then I called them. And, uh, you know, they're a startup company. So, I mean, what do we know about Uber? Like, you know, here's a company that literally when Disruptor. you- Disruptor. Yeah, it's a disruption. You look at Uber, you go, well, where are the cash flows? Where's the valuation of this company? I mean, you look at Facebook, you know, yeah, Facebook, and you go, how the heck is Facebook a billion dollar company when, you know, for a long time they had no cash flows? Yeah, and I was all, I'm digging into it right now. It's curbio.com. I got it pulled up here, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I'm interested. This is cool. Yeah, I'm interested. For all I like that. That's good stuff. 
listeners, you definitely want to look into anything that can, because uh, just like Justin alluded to earlier, there are fix and flip loan products out there. Absolutely. We use them all the time, but they got a little bit tighter. The requirements change. You typically have higher origination points, higher interest. They're typically short term, so forth and so on. So the more opportunities or the more products you can find where you can leverage all that out. I mean, that's great stuff. So I'll be digging into it and I might even drop a little video on it if I can get some more insight. Yeah, I can, I can help you with some of the, the marketing. I'm, I'm a Curbio certified realtor, which doesn't mean a whole lot, but it does mean that I went through a training class that they had. Perfect. But, but I'm, I'm just kind of thinking the scenario where you were kind of building the, the step-by-step mm -hmm. process of you buy a property, you get it sold, then, yep. then you come to a, you know, a mortgage guy or gal and, and, and get a bigger place. That might be a way to kind of accelerate through that a little bit. Absolutely. We, we love all those acceleration ideas. Um, yeah, man. So, so just uh, to start wrapping it up really quick, you know, if you guys had, let's, we'll start with Brian, but um, both, this question goes to both of you. If you had one piece of advice that you can give to a, um, a service member or a first time um, investor, what would that be? Something that, they, that can help them out in, in, their, in their journey, what would that be? Be patient, wait for the deal. Don't, don't be impatient because there are deals out there and a lot of them are bad. So make sure you find the one that's good, you know, and I'm going to steal a little bit of Justin's thunder, but uh, realize that the person on the finance side of the equation, they got to understand your income, your equity, and your credit, and make sure you got all three of those working in your favor because it only takes one leg of the stool for you to fall on the floor. Yeah. I mean, listen, come to, come to the Justin Bush and Brian therapy hour. I mean, honestly, that's that's what we do. I mean, we really take such an approach. That's why we continue to work together. Um, listen, it, you guys know this as much as anyone. Not all professionals are created equal. You have probably worked with people even in the service uh, member side of things where you're just not sure that these guys are the right guys or the right fit, um, you know, to be on your team. Uh, make sure you choose your team wisely. Um, you have a choice. Uh, reach out, get your consultation, make sure that you really feel comfortable, that you're getting the education, that people are investing uh, their time and helping you really, really understand what your, what your goals are. Um, and, and also to understand that your goals may be a moving target. You might not even know what those goals are. Work with someone who's capable and willing to spend enough time with you to really make sure that they're giving you enough information where you get to really own your future. Set yourself up for success. That is my recommendation. Be patient. Brian said it best. Be patient. You don't have to pull the trigger on anything. No one's here. No one's here. No one's putting a gun in your head. Not, not in this case. So, you know, this is, you, you know, set yourself up for success. Um, you, you have a choice and I recommend just reach out to your, to the right professionals, whether you know, we're a 50 state lender. I could do it throughout the country and realtors out there. You know, if you have a guy that's in your market, but you want to invest somewhere else, make sure that realtor is working with that person. So that everyone is on the same page. I'm sure Brian will take referrals and work with other realtors all day long um, from other markets. And I think that that's one of the other things to all our realtors out there, make sure you pick out the right realtor in each market that you want to be preferring your clients into because otherwise you leave the money on the table one way or the other. 
which is a great segue to let everybody know out there that uh, obviously for the military cash flow community, if you guys are in the market to purchase in your area and you want a vetted and proven realtor, please let us know. We have a vast network of referral agents. It's completely free service for you, but we have vetted them thoroughly so they understand the investing strategies. They have their specific niches and so forth and so on. Yes. Hey, and also, if you're watching this on uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure you leave a comment below. Uh, I know Justin and uh, Brian will probably be in there as well, and they can they can uh, answer some of your questions that you may have, or you can just reach out to them, obviously. Um, if you're listening to us on podcast, please leave us a five-star review. Justin and Brian's uh, notes will be down below. You can just click that. And then lastly, uh, we do have the Military Cashflow Facebook group. Uh, we're pushing 1,000 members right now, and we're all service members helping each other build and grow um, through real estate. So uh, definitely go join the group. Um, other than that, Brian and Justin, thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. You guys dropped a lot of knowledge. Um, you're going to help so many people with this, uh, with this podcast. So really, really appreciate that. Hey, man, you guys rock. I really appreciate you guys putting together. I'm, I'm quite impressed with, with all you guys do. And um, let's, uh, let's, let's connect, stay connected, and, and uh, we'll, help, we'll help drive uh, this information as much as we can from our end as well. I mean, this is good stuff. I love it. Well done. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Uh, really appreciate uh, being a part of this. Absolutely. Definitely. And uh, with that, this is Dan Wynn. Mike Glassby. Signing off.